I was only 25, so uh, I look out here now and I see maybe close to half of the congregation here are older people. That is, when you're, when you're 35 and you look at somebody 60 and older, they're old people. And I know you young kids, you can look up there and say, ah, my mom and dad, they're, they're 30 or 40 and they're really old people. So when I look at the rest of us, we're really old people. Well, the church is getting older and much of the church uh, is in that category. So I want to talk, look, look at it a little bit today is how do we look at old age? You know, we sometimes think, you know, I've worked my life, I've worked hard, and I've put a lot of time in, and now I'm going to retire. Uh, places like Florida, and probably Tucson, and um, parts of that part, southern part of Arizona and southern California, probably have the highest death rate per capita of people because that's where everybody retires to. But maybe we look at that's what we ought to do. We we hit 65 or 60 or whatever. You know, I think it's 60 in some places you're, you're considered senior citizens. And um, so we look up there and say, okay, we're senior citizens. And you know what happens as a senior citizen, don't you? Well, in the morning you get up and you get out of bed and you say, it's kind of cold. I can just get back in bed where it's warm. Or you might say, oh, my arms hurt or my legs hurt or my back hurts, my neck hurts. <laughs> it's tough being old. And we whine and cry about that. And, it's, and, and we just make each other miserable sometimes because we talk about all of our aches and pains and I think my wife says there's a couple of things that old people talk about. One, their aches and pains, and others, their bodily processes that go on. <laughs> it just seems that every time you get around old people, that's what they talk about. So we whine and cry as old people, don't we? Or should we? Do we look at old age always as the negative side? You know, we say, hey, I'm getting old, and you know, with old age comes arms hurt, legs hurt, head hurts. I've got a headache tonight. I got a headache this morning. I got a headache all the time. Or do we look at it positively? Because there is a positive approach, and maybe with something that, as old people, we need to look at the positive approach. But you young people, you need to look at that too. When I was 25, I didn't give it a lot of thought about being old. Hey, I came in the church in 64, baptized in 64, started in 63. Well, I'll never get old. I won't have to worry about that. Um, 1972, we're all going to be taken and whipped away to Petra and then finally can change over and become God. So, why worry about being old? You don't have to worry about that. Now I'm 72. <laughs> 72 is 
1972, it was a long time off. Now it seems like it's just like yesterday. So you young people, think about that. What you see today, you might be that way tomorrow. Well, it won't be tomorrow, but you know, tomorrow comes so quick. This day and time, we have a lot of older people that don't help each other, and sometimes they help each other. So, we have misconceptions, I think. I think one of the, I'm going to give you two misconceptions today of old people, or what? Young people think about old people, okay? Maybe old people think about it too. Misconception number one is, when you get old, you become sweet and nice. Or, when you get old, you become crabby and grumpy and you're down on everybody. Well, really, that's a misconception. Because you find out that if you are crabby at 20 and you're crabby at 30 and you're crabby at 60, you're going to be crabby when you're old. <laughs> because human beings don't like to change. Mr. Armstrong said that all the time. The hardest thing for a human to do is to change. Now, it does happen. There are some people that that have difficulties. And when they do become older, they they do tend to mellow out, but not always. So that's a misconception that if you're nice and kind as a young person or a young family, that you'll be nice and kind when you get older, too. But I'm here to tell you that uh, as an older person and you have your grandchildren or great-grandchildren come by and they stay more than a week, it does tend to irritate you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're nice and pleasant as a young person that when you get older and you bring your kids and dump them off on your parents or your grandparents or great-grandparents that they're just going to be just... every. They will be for a while. They'll try to... Get back at you children, what they'll do. You know, that's what the concept is. You, uh, you spoil your grandchildren the best you can. <laughs> that the parents will keep them at home longer, maybe. But it is a misconception to think that just because you turn old, you're going to either be sweet and kind, or you're going to be grumpy. That's just a misconception in life. You are what you are what you grew up as, what your background is, and what your, you lived your life as. But you can change. With God's help, you can turn those things around. Second misconception is that old people like to have a safe, cozy place to live. And so young people think, well, because they want a safe, cozy place to live, what we'll do is we'll take care of our parents. We'll shove them off in some kind of a retirement home because we think that's the best for them? Or is it because we want to get them out of our hair? Because sometimes that's what happens. And yet, as an older person, and you can talk, you young people, say under 50. I'll call you young. If you're, if you're under 50, you're young. Because once you get 70, if you're under 50, you're young. <laughs> and I know a 50-year-old might say to a 20-year-old, you're young. But... As an older person, you like to 
the older people like to be in control of their own life. You don't want to be stuck off someplace, put away from your parents. You want to have your own ability to control your life. So, a conception, misconception that if you put them away and somebody's going to take care of them, they're going to be okay. That's not going to be that way. They want their own independence. And I can remember my mother living with us. We tried our best to make a nice place for her and let her still have her independence. But there's certain independence you know you have to take away. You can't let them drive it at uh, 85 when they have two speeds, stop and go. Go means the foot in the accelerator at 80 or 90 miles an hour, and they can't see. So they pull out in front of a semi. <laughs> and the semi slams on his brakes, and, you know, you're petrified if you're riding with him. <laughs> so there are times that there are things that you do remove from, from parents or older people. And it's difficult. You have to consider they have difficulty, too. So one thing as a young person, if you've got an older family, something to think about. And God says this. You want to treat them the way you want to be treated. So if you've got older people in the congregation like we have, do you treat them like old people and stand back from them? Or do you spend time with them? And to me it's a, a joy sometimes for the young kids. And there's one... One young person here, that every time I talk to that person, they're always smiling, and they lift up your spirits. It's, it's a joy to be able to talk to them. And there's an, another young person that goes to my wife and, and uh, calls her grandma, or grammy, or something like that, in that area. And, and it's, it, to her, it lifts up her spirits. But too often... As old people, we don't like to talk to each other, too, because we have different personalities. And we have to work through some of those. So it's, a, it's kind of a two-way street. As older people, maybe we don't like to talk to the younger people. Maybe it's our problem. Not only the young people's problem, but maybe it's our problem, too, because we don't think that they're up to the stuff that we are. But that becomes a vanity thing, I, I believe. What does God think, though, about older people? Because God has his figures in this, too. Uh, in Zechariah 8, verse 4, and you've read this, part of the minor prophets, and we know that we're talking about the future. Here in Zechariah 8, 4 says, Thus says the Eternal of hosts, There shall yet be old men and old women dwelling in the streets of Jerusalem. Do we look to that? As old people, is that something that excites us to think that as old people, God says he's going to allow you to walk in the streets of Jerusalem. You have that opportunity. And every man with his staff in his, in his hand for a very age. So he's talking about older people will walk in Jerusalem. Are you ready to walk in Jerusalem? You know, as an older person, do we look forward to that? How do we think about older people? How do we think about being old ourselves? I don't always like to look at that. Every time I look in the mirror, though, I can't deny it. You know, 
losing your hair and, and, and just aches and pains. But the Bible has a lot to say about that too. For you young people, listen to this. Turn to Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. I'm going to read this from the New Living Bible. You can look into King James. And this is to young people looking toward being older. It says in verse 1, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. The excitement of being young, all these things that we have going around us, do we then as parents, have we taught our children the excitement of God? Now, I know I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, and there's some things that I didn't do I wish I had done. I wish I had taught my children that God, my God, that I live by, that I worship, was their God that they worship, and they should be worshiping, that He is real in their life too. So if we get excited about youth and the entertainment and everything that we do as a youth, that we don't think about the future. As a young boy in 12, 13, 14, I never gave God a lot of thought. My parents sent me to, to a Protestant church, but they didn't go, so it's kind of a standard there, well, why should I? But you as parents here, you go to church. Or you go to a congregation, an assembly of people that meet to hear God's Word. And are we spending the time to teach our children that being excited about being young, there's more to it than that, to look toward that future. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and no longer enjoy living. So we should be teaching our children and you young people, listen to that, to start growing closer to God and doing things God's way while you're young. Because when you get so old that you can't enjoy these things of life that you do right now, because they will disappear. You also, as a young person, will be old someday. And whether you're 7, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, you're too going to be old. You will reach that age at a day or time. It will be too late then, if you forget God then, it will be too late then to remember God when the lights of the sun and the moon and the stars are dimmed in your eyes. You know, you can't go outside and see the stars. I love to do that at nighttime. I walk out almost every night to look up at the stars. And I, I know where the north is because I, I know of one thing out there. they got all kinds of figures they see up there in the stars. I don't see them. I, I see the Big Dipper. So I know at the end of the bucket of the Big Big Dipper is the north, so I always go out there and make sure I know where the north is. But someday I might not be able to go out there and see that as cataracts grow or you, you, you get old enough where you can't maybe get out. So it says that the stars and, and the dim to your eyes and there is no silver lining left among the clouds. Your limbs will tremble with age. 
young people. Talk to the older people. Ask them about that. I can think of times at 40, 45 years old, easily throwing 60 to 90 pound boxes of honey over my head. Can't do that anymore. I can't hardly, we go up cutting wood, these young guys throw a, a log, you know, big log, I can barely get it up. They can throw it 20 or 30 feet. If I can get it over two feet, I thought I'd done accomplished a lot. But our limbs do get old, weak as we get older. And young people think about that. Your limbs will tremble with age and your strong legs will grow weak and your teeth will be too few to do their work and you will uh, be blind too. So, you can't chew. You know, think about that. I have a difficulty right now. Myself, I'm telling you, as young people, listen to your parents. Take care of your health while you have it. And when your teeth go uh, are gone, keep your lips tightly closed. We say that because when you're chewing and you've got all your teeth, it's easy to keep the things in your mouth. And when you don't have teeth, it's tough, let me tell you. You make you work, wish you were back younger again and had this knowledge that you have right now as, older, as an older person. Even, uh, let's see, even the chirping of birds will wake you up, but you yourself will be deaf and tuneless with the gravity, graving voice. You will be afraid of heights and of falling. Well, why would you be afraid of heights and falling? The older you get, your bones become brittle. So, young people, it's talking about your life that you too will have this opportunity to come and be like us that are older. And if you fall, what happens? You break a bone. So you have to be careful of what you do. And you're standing at death's door. And as you near the everlasting home, mourners will walk along in the street. He goes on and concludes with, Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. Our life that we look at as this young person, of all this excitement that we do and all this things that we perceive in our minds to do, is only vanity. The only important thing of all your life, in your life, is that you worship God. You learn to do things His way. In Luke chapter 16, is a story of of Lazarus and the rich man. Luke 16, verse 19. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed with purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at the gate, at his gate, full of sores. So two people. Two people, a rich man and a poor man. And desiring to, the poor man was desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. 
Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried into the angel to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and was buried. And he goes on to tell us how the rich man wanted help and relief. But he didn't get it. Because the way he lived his life wasn't the way God wanted a person to live his life. And the moral here is, as a young person, you need to look at older age. Look at the future. Look at what you're going to do with your life. Now, you can be rich, put God out, whether you be financially rich or think you're rich in knowledge and these things, and yet you pay little attention to those people around so it behooves us as, as people to look at each other and help each other when we can. Because when the end comes, it goes on down here, it says, And Abraham said to the man, because he said, Please send someone back to tell my children and their children what it's like. And Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. So here we're admonished to study God's Word while we can. While we have eyes to see and ears to hear. While we have the capability of getting up and doing things to study and work and do things God's way. Because old age comes on us. And it doesn't have to be negative, too. It can be positive. I read an article where it said that at 30, certain parts of your body start dysfunctioning. But at 80, your mind is still strong if you've exercised it over the years. So your mind doesn't go downhill. So just because you're old, you have a mind that can continue to work. There are stories of people at 60 years old going to college and becoming doctors. At 70, going to college and becoming lawyers. Or starting a business. Many people started businesses after they uh, were 65 and 70. So old age doesn't mean you fall apart. It doesn't mean that. Just how do we look at old age? So we just found that question. How are you looking at old age? And then how does God look at it? Acts two seventeen. And it came to pass, and it shall come to pass, in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young people, you're going to prophesy as the days get toward the end of this civilization, this way of life. And your daughters, uh, and the young men shall have visions. How about it, young men? Do you have visions right now? And your old men shall dream dreams. So it's talking about a time when you can have dreams of a lot of things. Many times I go to bed and I pray and I say, God, 
I'd like to have a dream like some of these people have. I'd like to have a dream of what the future's like. I'd like to be able to see way down the line what's going to happen to me or to the church or to the nation, to my family. When I have a lot of a large family, what's happening to them? I'd like to see all that. Proverbs 29:18 tells us that where there is no vision, the people perish. So to have these dreams or visions of what's going to happen, visions of what God is doing in your life, and whether you're young or old, do you have those visions? Do you see ahead what God's doing and what God is going to do? But he that keeps the law, happy is he. So if you have these visions of what God's doing, and we've been through a lot, we've had a great opportunity in this little group of people to be given visions, if we listen to them, if we focus our mind on it, to what God is going to do. And he says you are happy if you keep his law too. John 14, verse 2. Christ is telling us that in his Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So, being older is positive if we look toward what God is doing. What he's got in mind for each one of us. But we have to study. We have to put our hearts into it. Abraham was very old, wasn't he? Abraham was old when God brought him out of his father's house. He was old when he had a child. Does that mean old people can't have enjoyment? No, God says you can have that enjoyment. In Hebrews 11 it says, for he, talking of Abraham, he had that vision, a vision that kept him going, kept him motivated on a daily basis. He looked for a city which has foundation whose builder and maker is God. Are we looking at that? Us that are in the upper echelon of life, you know, like many times I say, you know, I'm at that point now, I'm on borrowed time. If, if 60 plus 10 is what God gives to us, I'm on borrowed time. And others out here are on borrowed time. Do we sit back and say, oh, well, I don't want to do that anymore? Or do we say, all right, I've got an opportunity. I've got an opportunity each day to put forth whatever effort it takes and ask God for strength to be able to do that. Each day to change. Each day to not be grumpy. Each day to be more kind and loving and enjoy this life. Because there is still enjoyment. You can enjoy a lot of things. Now, maybe I don't enjoy working on cars, but I can enjoy helping other people. And if it's working on cars, then I'll do that too if it's helping someone else. So you can enjoy life and do things. Philippians 3.20 For our conversation is in heaven from whence we also look for our Savior, the Lord Emmanuel the Christ. So, 
Do we talk with each other? I know it's, our personalities sometimes grade, but if you go to an older person and all they want to talk about is, I hurt here, and I hurt there, and it was hard to get out of bed, and I've got to, I've got to do this, and, and uh, you know, if we complain all the time, then who wants to talk to you? Do you want to talk to somebody that's always, that's all they do is talk about complaints? No. But if they're uplifting and they, they fill you with looking forward to the future, so then the young people will want to come and talk too. So we have a lot of knowledge as older people. We've lived a life that we can help the younger people. We can help each other if we just share that knowledge that we have and be excited about it. Excited to help. Excited to do things. Hebrews 12. This is talking of the church and Daryl brings this up quite often. It talks about who we are. But you are come to the Mount Zion to unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. We do that every day. We come to our Creator. And whether we're young or old, we have that opportunity to do that, to be a part of what God is doing. So God looks at life a lot different than you and I look at life. We look at life at 70 thinking, well, I've got... Two, three, four, ten, fifteen years, maybe. At sixty, we might say, "Well, I got ten years, or maybe twenty, if I'm lucky." But that's not the way God looks at it. God looks a little different. In Proverbs sixteen thirty-one, God says, "The hoary head is a crown of glory." So He said, "Those people that have gray hair." They're not just the Q-tips that drive down the roads in Florida, but they're, they're, they're your glory as you become older and you, because of the knowledge and all you've achieved. If, you know, he said, the gray heads are a crown of glory if, he puts a qualification, it be found in the way of righteousness. So he says he puts a qualification on that. It's glory if you do it God's way. You live your life God's way. If you don't, then it's not going to be a glory to you. What is righteousness then? If, if we're to have the, a glorious heads or being older people be a glory to God, we have to be righteous. And what is righteousness? Righteousness is man's relationship with God. It's how you interact with what God tells you and how you live your life. That's what your righteousness is. I mean, you can be like the rich man who ignored everything about God. Or you can be a person that's loving God and doing things his way. Jeremiah 9:23. Through 24. Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Say it's, if you're not serving God and you take all, I'm educated, 
I've done all these things. I know all these things. And that's what makes me great. Neither let the mighty man glory in his strength. So you take the strong people who can do a lot of things and physically they're strong and they're mighty or they're powerful in business or whatever. Don't glory in that. That's not what to do. Let the rich man, uh, the mighty man glory in his, his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches just because you're rich. But let him that glories glory in this, that he understands and knows God, knows Christ, knows what God's got in this book, that I am the eternal that exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things do I delight, says the eternal God. He delights in people doing things His way. So if we're going to be a glory to God as an older person, and that's what He's calling you, glorious to Him, but you have to do things God's way. You have to want to do it His way. You want to live that way. Isaiah 45, verse 23. Isaiah 45. Our righteousness is our relationship with God. How we deal, how we react and respond to God. I have sown by myself. The word is gone out of my mouth, says God, in righteousness, and it shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. This is what God expects out of you and me. He said, his word's gone out. It's not going to come back. He expects us to bow every knee to him. He expects us to say, yes, Lord, I'll do it your way. That's the way we relate to God. That becomes righteousness as we serve God. Truly or surely shall one say in the Lord, have I righteousness and strength. My righteousness is only through Christ. Even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. So when people are looking down on you because you love God, they will become ashamed. God promises that will happen. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. Because they worship Him and do it His way. Is that the way you live your life? Are you living your life in a righteous way, a righteous attitude, a righteous way of life? First Corinthians 1. Because, you see, we're not the greats of this world. We just sang that. We're not the mighty and the great and the powerful. 1 Corinthians 1.28 says that God has selected who? The base things of this world. So he looks down and says, in man's eyes, in the sight of humanity, you are the base of this world. The things which are despised. We're going to be despised. We probably are despised. 
not only by the world, but even by some in the church, were despised. And he does that, that no man should glory in his presence. You can't glory to what you are, or what you've done, or how you've lived your life. You can't come to God. And so, as a child or as an old person, you can't come to God and say, well, I've spent 40 years in the church, so what? Do you do it my way, God says? So you spent 50 years in the church. Do you love me? Do you follow my standards? Do you keep my law and my statutes and my judgments? No. If we can't do it God's way, then we can't glory in His presence. But of Him are you in Christ Emmanuel, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the eternal. Glory in God. So whatever you are, as an older person, can you look out there and say, I give God the glory. I am here because He brought me here. I do these things because He showed me it and wants me to make those changes. So I can say, what I do, I do as God directs God teaches. True righteousness is He that is willing to follow and do things the way God wants them done. There are ways to obtain righteousness. Deuteronomy 6.25 Ways to obtain righteousness. And it shall be our righteousness if we obey to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as He has commanded us. That's how we obtain righteousness. By listening, by following, by doing things the way God wants them done. Too often it's, well, I've lived these long, these years. You can't tell me what to do. Well, that's not, that's a negative approach to older age. But it is, I will change. I will do things God's way. In Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. How do we obtain righteousness? By walking contrary to the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That's a hard thing to do, being not scornful. How often do we look at each other and, and put them down? Have you ever done that? Have you ever looked at someone else and saying, I'm, they didn't do it my way. I'm better than they are. Basically what you're saying. They don't do it like me, so I'm better than they are. I know more than they know. We're going back on what was said earlier. If that's the way you treat each other, that's the way you want to be treated. This also says if that's the way you treat other people, that's the way you treat Christ. Because remember, Christ said in Matthew 25, He says, that if you treat other people 
by going to the hospitals or helping them when they're hurting or giving and being careful to them, then that's what you're doing to me. But on the other hand, if you're scornful, if you're putting them down, if you're talking bad about each other, you're saying, I am good, better than they are. And you're scornful. It's easy to look back and put those that led the church contrary to God and put them down. But brethren, a lot of us that are older people, we were there. We were part of that. We did it too. We rejected God. And our righteousness was our self-righteousness, not godly righteousness. Isaiah 66, 2 says, For all these things has my hand made, and all these things have been, said the Eternal. But here's what I look forward to, God said. This is what I look at. But to this man do I look, even to him that is poor and contrite spirit and trembles at my word. So, positive approach of Older life is trembling at God's Word, doing it His way, not giving up. And that's the bad part about getting older. Sometimes we just give up. We just give up because we don't want to do it God's way. Psalm 15. Lord, who shall abide in your temple? Question. Who's going to be in the family of God? Who's going to be a part of the bride of Christ? Who shall dwell in your holy habitation or your hill or your mountain or your government? He that walks uprightly, that means does the right things, and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. You don't go around scornfully or putting people down or not telling the truth or trying to get advantage of somebody else, it has to come out of your heart. You have to love God from your heart. In whose... He that backbites not with his tongue. Again, speaking of, of being scornful or cutting people down. or You know, it's easy. It's really easy to see someone else's fault. The hardest thing for you to do is to look at your own faults and try to measure yourself not with each other. That's why Christ said, he that uh, measures himself against himself, is, you know, you, you, know you, you judge each other by each other, you, it's, you're going to fall. It doesn't work out. It's not right. But he that bites not with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes a reproach against a neighbor. That's, in, that's not righteousness, those that do that. In whose eyes vile persons is uh, condemned, but he honors them that fear the eternal. He that swears not to his own hurt and changes not. So if you make a commitment, you don't change because it's going to hurt you. If you committed yourself to God, you have a commitment that you better not break. If you commit yourself to each other, 
Don't break that commitment, even if it hurts you to do so. You keep your word. He that puts not out his money to usury, nor takes reward against the innocent, he that does these things shall never be moved. You will always be a part of the family of God. So as an old per- older person, you can't give up what you've been learning and the way you've lived your life in God's way just because you turn 60 or 70 or 80 or 90. And there are people who have made up that age. How do you live your life? You have to ask that question of yourself. It's only you that can ask and answer that question. So back to the way God looks at elderly people in Proverbs 20, verse 19. Proverbs 20:19 says, The glory of a young man is his strength. And I can think of that. How I've been able to do a lot of things in my life. And my strength helped me to do that. And the beauty of the old man is his gray head. So God says, if you love him and you are righteous in his sight, you are a beautiful person. And we have to think about that. Yep. I'm trying my best to do it God's way. So that makes me a beautiful person. Now, I don't have the strength. A lot of us that are out here that have passed the age where strength was in, was our, our uh, thing. But now we're at a point where it's our mind and the way we serve God and use our mind that helps other people. In Proverbs 16, God tells us that children, children are a crown of old men. Your children, your grandchildren, and even your great-grandchildren, that's that's the crown. That makes you, you know, you look out there as an older person, you can be just joyous to the fact that you have grandchildren in some cases, great-grandchildren. And you can be just, you can say, wow, I've had a good life. I've got beautiful children. And the glory of children, so you children, again, this goes back to you children. The glory of children are their parents. So you children, you young people, you look at your parents. That's glory for you. That your parents have given their life for you. They didn't ask you, do you want to be born? No. They brought you in this world. You need to honor your parents. That's the first commandment with promise, remember? Honor your parents that you may have a long life. God promises that if you respect your parents. But how often have we as older people, and this is why sometimes for older people it becomes a difficulty. Even if we are mellowed out, even if we have a happy point of view to see on TV portrayed kids coming in 
to another boy's house or a girl's house and banging on the tables or banging on the counters, demanding that somebody feed them, demanding that they give them what they want. Or you go to a grocery store or, or a department store and the kids are screaming and hollering and demanding that their parents give in to them. That's, those children do not glory in their parents. They don't have that kind of glory. But when they see children loving their parents, that is a joy. Genesis chapter 23, and 50, I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 50. Joseph here, verse 23, And Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. You know, that'd be joyous to see your your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Joseph was able to do that. He honored God. He was one of the patriarchs. In the third generation, the children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. So, you know, as a grandparent, to have your little, to be able to hold a baby is fantastic. It's a joy. To be able to see children smiling and children coming up and talking to the elderly and, and having a conversation with them. And sharing their life with them. That is spectacular. That's something that we as older people need to look forward to. And whether they be a little tiny baby or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old, 25-year-old, to spend the time enjoying talking to younger people. So you have, as an older person, a great opportunity. It's not the end of life. It's only the beginning. Because this is only temporary anyway. Job 42. Job 42. Job went through a lot in his life because he was self-righteous. He thought he could do everything himself. And after God... Well, Christ sat down with him and pointed out a few things like, where were you when I made the stars? Where were you when I made earth? This spectacular planet, which is one of the keys to prove that there is a creator God, this planet, this earth that we live on is just the right size to support the gravity that we live in, to hold the oxygen and the Nitrogen and the other things that we breathe that it don't just fly out into outer space. This planet. God spoke to Job and said, Where were you when I put this at this spot around the sun with this amount of time? Where were you? Did I ask you how to do that? No, Job finally had to admit, You know, I am self-righteous. Verse 16. After that he had lived it and gone through there and lost his family, 
Job lived a hundred and forty years. After he had, had raised a family, had accumulated a lot of wealth, and had been so powerful in his area, and God took it all away, put him down, or allowed Satan to do that, because for you and for me, that we can look back there and see that if we honor God and do it his way, we can have long life. He lived another 140 years and was able to enjoy his sons, his sons' sons, even four generations of children. Now, that is spectacular. That's something to look forward to, maybe, to see your fourth generation. And Job died being old and full of days. He didn't regret his life, but he had a good life. It's easy to be old and, and take that negative approach. It's terrible. There's no way I can do it. I've got a brother that talks that way. I don't like to talk to him. He's so negative. But to talk to people that are older than I am or younger than I am, and they're full of life and it makes you want to be full of life and realize that you have a lot you can do. Talk to young people that really know God's Word. They can talk about God's Word. And they can encourage you. And you can, in turn, encourage them. As older people, we have a good background of knowledge that we can share. Not to look down on them, but to share our life experience to help them want to live a happier life too. In Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are the heritage of God, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is a man that has his quiver full of them. And, you know, I can say I've had a lot of arrows in my quiver. And I can be really happy and joyous, but I can also be sad because I didn't teach my children how to stay with God and teach them that God is their God also. That their God and my God is the same. And that they, if they will just do it, God's way will have a long, productive, healthy life. Happy is a man whose quiver is full of them, and they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemy in the gates. And I'll tell you, when you have a lot of children and someone comes as an enemy and your children are around, it's nice to know as an older person that you're going to have Someone standing up there to say, this isn't what you want to do. Because they're going to be there as your strength. 128, verse 3. Psalm 128, verse 3. Your wife shall be a fruitful vine beside, uh, by the side of your house. Your children, like olive plants, round about the table. Behold that Thus shall the man be blessed that fears God. 
you're blessed having children. And so you are older, and you look out there, and you can say, as all of us that are in our upper 60s and 70s and 80s, we can look at it, you young people, and say, you're our children too. Because we have children your age. And we have grandchildren your age. And in some cases, we have great-grandchildren your age. So we can look out there and say, we are blessed. As older people here in this congregation, we are blessed with the young people that we have, the children that are out there. They're like olive plants growing up, and we can see it, and it just encourages us to see these young people producing and productive. And whether you're 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years old, it's still joyous to look out there and see the development that God's doing with you. The Lord shall bless you out of Zion, and you shall see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, you shall see your children's children in peace upon Israel. God promised us as older people that we're going to see peace in Jerusalem, in the church. Because remember I... In Hebrews 12 talks about the church being Jerusalem. So we're going to see peace in the church. And do you look forward to that? I do. I look forward to that time when I can see the joy and the happiness come. I look forward to that. I hope you do too. You young people, how do you relate to us older people? Do you think we're just old fogies or mean and ornery or maybe we're pushovers? I don't know. Exodus 12, I mean, Exodus 20 verse 12 says, the first, gives us that first commandment with promise. Honor your father and your mother that the days may be long upon the land that the Lord your God gives you. Honoring your parents and your grandparents. So you have a responsibility as a young person. If you want to live a long life, a joyous life. Chapter 21, verse 15. And he that smites his father or his mother shall be surely be put to death. So if you are a young person, what we see happening so often out there today as children smiting their parents, Verse 17, And he that curses his parents or his, his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. God said, that is not going to be his way of life. Honor, respect, as opposed to hating, hitting, cursing your parents. That's why I said it just a, it's a drag to go into some of these stores to see the way children have been raised to dishonor the older people. It's a sad thing, but that happens all the time. Leviticus 19.32 Show your fear to God by standing up in the presence of the elderly people. In other words, it's saying here, 
that you give honor, talking to young people, you give honor to the elderly people by standing up in their presence and showing respect to the age. You should give place, give respect to older people. That's a responsibility of the young people. That's how you are to relate, if I, if you may, to us older people. But again, older people, how do we relate to younger people? Do we command their respect? Or do we command their disrespect by the way we live our life? Do we treat them with uh, disrespect? Or do we treat our children with respect? Sometimes we live one way amongst the congregation and we live a different way at home. And that's being that's hypocrisy. That shouldn't be. And so consequently, children learn to grow up that way. But if they learn respect at home, and parents are respectable at home, then children will be respectful to you outside the home. And you have a same standard that God has. Proverbs 1, verses 8 and 9. Here Solomon, giving the Proverbs, said, My son, hear the instruction of your father. So, in Proverbs, God is telling the parents, give the right instructions out. And telling the children, listen to your parents. Listen to your father. And forsake not the law of your mother. So, the parents have a responsibility of proper education, proper upbringing. And children, you have a responsibility too to respect your parents, to listen to what they said. Back in those days, if a child disrespected his parents like they do today, they wouldn't live. It might have been difficult to, to put them out. But God was not going to tolerate disrespect because disrespecting mom, disrespecting dad, disrespecting God. It just goes in line. It's all the same, same pattern. For they shall be the ointment of grace unto the head and charms upon the neck. If our children are respectful, and you young people, if you really love your parents, you will listen to what they say. You will follow their directions. And you then become a charm and a bracelet and a necklace, a joy to your parents. As opposed to, I don't know how some of these people have children that are so disrespectful. Uh, how do they get along in life? How can they be happy? Demanding from the time they're born to the time they die. So that's why I said, it's, it's a misconception. If you are demanding as a child and demanding as a young person, demanding as a young adult, and demanding as an older person, you'll be, as an old age, you'll still be demanding. You won't make a change unless you ask God for help and turn things around. 
Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Verse 4. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. Why don't we teach that today? Because we've taken God out of our schools. We've taken God out of our court systems. We've taken God out of our churches. And we've taken God out of our own life, our own families. But here God says, if you curse your parents, you're to die. Because, again, it goes all the way back. It relates back to your relationship, not only with older people, your parents, but it's a relationship with God. And your righteousness, remember, is your relationship with God. And our children's righteousness is their relationship with God and how we have brought them up. But I say, whosoever shall say to his father and his mother, if they gift by whatsoever you might be profited to me. Are your gift, are your parents a profit to you as children? No. You're a profit to your children, to your, you know, you are a blessing if you do things God's way. And honor not his father and his mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandments of God of none effect by your traditions. So we've had traditions in our life that we have in this country gone way downhill. And our children are disrespectful and we do not honor God. Colossians 3. Children, this is what you should be doing, young people, teenagers, young kids, middle age, old age, you have parents too. Do you still? Honor your parents as older people. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is the will, this is will pleasing, this will please, be pleasing unto the eternal. If we obey our parents, and as parents, it puts a great monkey on your back. That's to teach your children the right way to do things. And then their job is to honor you. If you can honor your parents, you'll honor your grandparents, you'll respect yourself. If you have disrespect for parents and disrespect for grandparents and disrespect to the elderly, you literally disrespect yourself. It's a known fact. You will not respect yourself. So we need to do a lot of things to change. We need to love each other. We need to think, that being old is not the pits. Being old is a joy to be able to see your grandchildren. It's joyous to be able to help and serve other people. One thing I'll end with, and we'll let you out early, that's Psalm 116. I know it's here. One I didn't write down. Psalms 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the eternal is the death of his saints. 
God says, if you love him, whether you're young or you're old or you're middle-aged or you're somewhere in between, either one, if you are a saint, he said, you are precious to him. So, young people, remember one thing. One day, you'll be old. <laughs> one day, you'll be called a Q-tip or a baldy or whatever. You'll lose your eyesight. You'll lose your hearing. You'll lose the sense of smell and taste. You'll be weak. You can't throw rocks a quarter mile. You can't pick up huge logs. The fact is, you get to where you pick up 10 pounds is good. Someday, you'll be an older person. So, as a young person, put yourself in their shoes. Do I put them down because I'm young? And somebody's going to put me down when I get old. And older people, put yourself in the children's shoes. They have not the experience that you have. They don't have the background. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have a lot of things that you have. So if you enjoy being older, enjoy the life God's given to you, and remember, as it said here, you are precious to God. And He will remember you and give you the life that we really long for.